Are you looking to buy or sell real estate? Oh, my intro got messed up. We're live. It doesn't matter. Are you still looking to buy or sell real estate? You've got questions. We've got answers. Welcome to the show. It's going to be great. Featuring Matt and Jen from Home Team for You. I really botched that intro. But without further ado, it's Matt and Jen. You got our names right, so that's a plus. All right. Welcome to the podcast. And that was Jacob <laughs> on the mic. Woohoo. So we have a great show today. We're going to be learning about Tim O'Brien Homes. But uh, first, I'd like to introduce Jake Newhouse again. He is in studio with us. Uh, what's going on, Jake? A little bit of everything, or a lot of everything. Um, it's better than a little of nothing. It's true. It's true. Um, I Just the day of the week doesn't matter right now. Things are crazy. Things are wild. It's uh, People are definitely still buying and selling. Nothing is slowing down at this point. It's uh, it's crazy out there, but keeps you on your toes, keeps you out of trouble. All right, that's what we want. Yep, absolutely. For our special guest today is Sam and Kim with Tim O'Brien Homes. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks Hello. for having us. All right, can you guys um, tell us a little bit about maybe your backgrounds first? Ooh. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, so we have kind of different backgrounds, but got to the same spot today. I think we both have a, <laughs> a, a humanities, you know, sort of start um, that led into our real estate future. Yeah, so I was actually a police officer for three years at the city of Madison. Um, wanted to make a career change. Didn't know what that would be, but I went into general real estate for about six months before I met one of my now co-workers and just had a great conversation with her one evening and made the switch over. And kind of going back to Jake's comment of, I don't even know what day of the week it is. That's actually a huge pro for me because I used to dread work days and non-work days. And now I'm like, I don't even know what day it is and I don't even care because I just love every day. So you still carry yeah, it going. It's been good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great for sure. And um, my background is I used to be a loan officer for Wells Fargo in Southern California for about eight years. Um, I moved to back to the Midwest. I am originally from here. Moved back to the Midwest in about 2006. Um, just as the uh, recession was hitting um, in county. Good Yay. timing. <laughs> um, I picked a fabulous time to have my young family. Um, and from there, I decided to take up um, teaching, which was was my my beginning. And I went back to teaching and taught for the last um, 10 years and decided that I wanted to get back to my passion, which was um, being in real estate and finance. So here I am. And, and what a great time and a great wild ride. Um, I've been at Tim O'Brien Homes now for just over a year and a half. Um, I'm super passionate about the product. Um, I came to Tim O'Brien Homes to work at Tim O'Brien Homes because I bought my very own uh, Tim O'Brien home. So I definitely am a, a glowing review for a Tim O'Brien home. <laughs> um, and it was truthfully a life-changing experience for me. So you've seen some of the price changes since you bought your home then? 
Oh, absolutely. And lumber changes. Absolutely. Yes, things have have increased exponentially um, throughout the last eighteen months. What is the time frame you guys have for your uh, new construction? Yeah, that's a really great question. Thank you. So, typically, we are one hundred and eighty days. Um, from dig to completion, and <laughs> uh, right now uh, we're we're still on track for that delivery time frame. Um, we are sort of starting to see um, some of the pandemic shortages um, impact us um, as our trades are finding it more difficult to procure materials. Um, we again we haven't um, we haven't seen um, a delay in construction yet, um, it's possible that those material shortages um, could catch up and, and, and delay things um, shortly in an abbreviated um, amount of time. So um, right now, our, our dig schedule is out until about September of this year, and we're um, looking at delivery times of late winter, early spring as, as an estimate. Well. Where are your neighborhoods that you guys have? Yeah, that's a really great question. So that's sort of a, a two-part story. And that is typically we get lumped in with um, being a sole production builder, meaning that we have communities of our own and buy um, vast um, pieces of land and parcel them off and package the home site and the home together um, as one. And that's not typically how we operate. We do have a handful of communities situated throughout the Dane County area. Um, we have a community in Middleton, which is our Pioneer Point community. We have a community in Fitchburg right now, um, which is Terravessa. We also have a community in Cottage Grove, Kennedy Hills. Um, and we have a community in DeForest, which is Park Crossing. Um, so we have numerous opportunity for homes and different price points. And for those who are still looking, um, Park Crossing is a great community that we're going to be completing this year. So while there is not inventory, inventory, excuse me, in the general real estate market, we have 13 homes that will be ready before fall. So if you're looking for a new home and, and having trouble finding the right fit, we have one for you. <laughs> so how does that process, how does that process work? Whether it's, we have a buyer come to us and they decide, Hey, I think the best option for us is to build. Um, or if it's just uh, a friend, let's say that wants to think about building What's the first step for them in reaching out to you guys and kind of that, that first expectation? Yeah, so what what we would suggest is, um, and that's sort of my gift and, and my role in this process is I get to be the first point of contact um, for most of our customers or our agents um, calling into our main line. Um, <clears throat> and, and I do some discovery questions and, and ask, you know, what those those needs are, what those preferences are, um, what your ideal home vision is, where ideally um, you would like to live in in Dane County, which is sort of that second piece to the question that you asked previously is that we do have areas in which we deem our communities, but again, we're not 
we're not taking down vast areas of space and land. We typically in those communities are not the only builder. Um, and we typically like to option for about 10 home sites at a time, um, making your home unique to you. Um, we are a semi-custom home builder. Um, we're not a production builder. Uh, so each home really is unique to the customer. Um, we can make structural and feature modifications. Um, and so in, in that first part, um, seeking out Tim O'Brien homes and, you know, sort of me getting to be that filter and helping um, indicate that that specified area of Dane County, maybe a homeowner wants to live in, we can absolutely help you find land as well. So it doesn't have to be in one of our communities. We build throughout the entirety of Dane County. We've built homes in Columbus. We've built homes in Mount Horb, um, um, Belleville. So uh, really that opens up opportunity for the customer as well as costs tend to be growing um, um, mm -hmm. currently. Uh, we still have a good pulse on areas of affordability that are still within, uh, you know, 20, 25 uh, minute radi radius of um, center of, of Madison. How has the solar industry impacted you guys? I know we've had um, um, a VP of solar a few, maybe it was about a month ago on, um, talking about new construction and uh, some of the new features they're adding. Have you guys had anything developments with solar yet? Yeah, in fact, we um, have our very own sister company, um, Sunvest Solar, um, and we ourselves, um, as a builder, um, um, strive for being energy efficient. Um, it's one of our pillars, um, certainly, and one of the things that make us special is that we are a green builder and we focus on energy. Uh, with Sunvest we can do the upfront part and that's making you a net zero home. So we prep the home to get you to that step of being um, a zero energy home. With SunVest, they bring in that added component that gets you to the zero energy. Um, um, so we get you up to net zero. You can then add the component to get to complete zero with the addition of solar. So, wow. um, certainly, that's a resource that we have at our disposal um, to um, to give you quotes on what that would be to get to a zero um, a zero um, energy home. What else makes Tim O'Brien different? Um, like Kimberly mentioned, our focus is really that energy efficiency, our green building practices. Um, we have five pillars that makes us kind of that green home, like we like to call ourselves. Um, the five pillars are energy efficiency, indoor air quality, water conservation, resource conservation, and renewable energy into that solar component. So we want your home to operate, you know, at best um, capacity. We want to make sure your indoor air quality is, you know, up to par. We're sealing our home so tightly that we include an ERV as standard into every single one of our homes. So it's constantly refreshing the air quality. It's like having an open window 24-7. So it's a really nice feature that I don't even know if any other builders are adding as standard. You want to mm -hmm. say what that stands for, ERV, just so people know? 
Yeah, so typically it's an HRV, which is a heat recovery ventilation system, and the the ERV um, is a heat recovery ventilation system as well, but it's adding a, a humidity component that mm-hmm. an HRV would not because we have dry air um, in our Wisconsin winters, and, and that fresh air is coming from the outdoors, so then all that dry air is coming inside. So um, the ERV um, adds that sort of humidity control component so that you're not getting all that dry winter air. Um, And that ERV um, in energy efficiency is going to heat the outside air coming in because one might say, well, wait a minute, you know, you build these tight energy efficiency houses or energy efficient, rather, excuse me. um, And then now you're telling me that I have this device that is like an open window um, at all times. Well, what we're doing when the outdoor air comes into that ERV is we're heating it within 15 degrees of the inside air temperature so that you don't have that energy loss um, and that heat loss, but it really is um, fresh air. And you might have heard in the news um, throughout this year that one of the large pandemic concerns with people gathering in schools is that the indoor air quality um, makes it so that the virus can pass um, you know, relatively easily because it's an airborne virus. Well, essentially what schools are doing and large-scale businesses are doing is they're adding this ERV component um, to their to their um, establishments and, um, um, and into the HVAC systems um, because when that air is coming in and first of all it is it's it's recycling at a rate of once and a half per hour every particle of air in your home will will recycle through fresh air coming in at a rate of once and a half per hour. And when it's coming back in, not only is it being heated to the inside air temperature or within 15 degrees, excuse me, of the inside air temperature, but it is also going through a pathogen and particle filtration system. So um, hence, you know, uh, uh, you know, COVID friendly, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you're not passing um, all those uh, pathogens um, through the air because you're you're quite literally cleaning the air. Um, it's it's not only great for that, but um, again, firsthand experience, right? My Tim O'Brien home being my life changing experience. Um, my son has terrible um, allergies to um, pollen, to dust, to mold, um, and we quite frequently um, were medicating him with, uh, you know, Zyrtec, um, and probably more, more, than, more than should be allowed. Um, and I will tell you um, that, that since we have lived in our Tim O'Brien home, I have not given him um, one allergy med. The air quality is, is that superb. Um, and even if you like to cook, um, you know, things that, that, you know, require a lot of spices, um, uh, tend to linger, um, in the drywall and in your furniture and in your clothing. Um, and, and I've gone away on vacation, um, you know, numerous times I, I've, you know, cooked spicy food and I've, left and come back, you know, a week, two weeks later, and, and my house still smells like a new home. Um, the air is being cleaned that efficiently. Does it help when you burn foods too? 
It sure does. <laughs> Burning popcorn in the microwave. I need one of those yeah, houses. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like an air-to-air exchanger, except that it looks, sounds like it's the new version of the air-to-air exchanger. Yes, new and improved. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is your houses will cure you from COVID and your... <laughs> New lack, house smell. Your lack of ability to cook. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that right in the contract. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure that's a marketing Yeah, where's your marketing guy or girl? <laughs> so, Sam, we I met with you a couple weeks ago with some potential buyers, and I will say I was impressed with how fast you go through all the computer stuff. And uh, I know the question that we get a lot is, when we, as as agents, bring up to buyers the possibility of building is, oh my gosh, that's too big of a project. We can't make any of these decisions. We don't have the time. It All-encompassing, it's a huge, huge decision. What do you guys do at Tim O'Brien Homes to kind of make fee- people feel comfortable uh, making these decisions and making it not feel as overwhelming of a, of a project than what it needs to be? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why also we're special is we're, I always say we're kind of that middleman where like Kimberly has mentioned, we're not a production builder, but we're not all the way completely custom. We're not starting completely from scratch with thousands of decisions you have to make. So we have roughly 34 plans that we start with, um, which we can pretty quickly narrow down with a few discovery questions. And then from there, it really can be as customizable or is we don't have to make any changes if you don't want to. It can be, you know, that easy. But my role is to kind of walk them through what do you want to see in your home in various um, locations. And then from there, we also have a full-time interior designer that works them through their actual selections in the home too. And same thing there. She can be as involved hands-on or hands-off as the customers would like. Because, yeah, we frequently do get people who are like, I cannot make all those choices. And so she's here to say, this looks great. You know, it sounds like you like warmer tones in your home. We can help with that. Or um, she can be like, eh, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> no need to be apprehensive. You can be as hands-on or as hands-off as you would like to be. So, mm-hmm. again, you know, we can make structural modifications per preference um, um, and, and add that element of custom without the cost fluidity of being custom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, hands-on or as hands-off as you would like to be, we're pretty user-friendly. <laughs> yeah, and I think we all kind of speak into the time range too. We see buyers who come to us, build a house on paper, ha- know where they want to place the home, and we can do that all in one sitting, really, if we need to. Then we have other people who kind of like to take a little bit longer and we always say we'll be here for the entire process, however fast that is. So what are the new trends? What's everybody <laughs> looking to build in their house these days? Hmm, Design-wise? Yeah. Oh, just, just cabinets, countertops, that type of thing. What are you seeing? I think everybody um, is still on board and enjoying the um, open concept um, mm-hmm. uh, space. Um I would say in this past year, um, the pandemic brought the need for um, 
living, learning, and working spaces. So I think that it was part of the big push of, you know, exchanging your home for some more space is needing those living, learning, and working environments. And so I would say um, flexible living spaces um, are are very much um, in demand right now. So that would be a space that could be a guest room, a space that could be a home office, um, uh, a space that could be a one room ro- uh, one room schoolhouse mm-hmm. <laughs> if you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say mm-hmm. that um, that is what's uh, trending right now. Um, what about trim yeah, and cabinet color- styles? Yeah, I was gonna say color wise, a lot of buyers are still going with white. Um, but we are seeing a trend, I think, towards the wood darker tones again. Yeah, people, um, it, white was definitely um, hot and mm-hmm. the large trend. And, and I think I would agree that we're seeing a trickling in of, of people saying, well, white was nice, but, yeah. you know, how about some wood? I think people in the Midwest got a little bit shy about um, about wood selection, you know, as there's probably um, more oak in the Midwest, more <laughs> honey oak in the Midwest than should be allowed, right? <laughs> Just wait. At some point, that'll make a comeback. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> Along with the green shade carpet. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I've... Shag, I heard, is kind of coming back, like a longer shag. I had a stager recommend a, a, a longer shag in a living room, so it's back. Harvest it, gold. Is it back, we or is that just a weird... Those as area rugs. <laughs> they tend to get smushed after a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Avocado greens make it a comeback. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Brown dishwashers. Let's see. So you, you just wait long enough, everything comes back. That's right. We just take really good care of everything, and we'll, right. we'll be in great shape. Why are you shaking shape? your head, Jake? You should get inside of me. God, we could only hope a lot of those trends don't come back. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to rake your living room? I don't, you don't, you're, you're old enough. You, did you have a relative that had a living room with a rake? My grandma had a rake. a rake, a rug rake, and she'd be like, Jennifer, go rake the rug. <laughs> I think she's just making that up just to do something. Well, yeah, I, she, I mean, she did it to make me go away. I'm confident. But <laughs> go rake the rug. I'm old enough for the shag carpet, but not the shag carpet rake. Can't say I've ever heard of that. Not enough shag, huh? No, <laughs> guess not. Mm. Oh, Young boy. Young pup. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> Back in my day, we, we raked a- our rugs. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't vacuum. They just raked them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What's happening? For real. <laughs> so an hour podcast on rug rakes. <laughs> Next Born episode. There's got to be a you're guest. You're just jealous. There's got to be somebody that sells rug rakes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a thing. I guess if real estate doesn't work out, I got something to fall back on. Yeah. Raking rugs? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, oh, man. All right, <laughs> rolling it back around. So does Tim O'Brien uh, do, is it more like turnkey construction or do people need to get construction loans or how does all of that work? Yeah, that's a really fabulous question too, Jen. Thank you. Um, so uh, we offer both. Um, we offer um, the ability in those spaces that we referred to that are community spaces in which we have um, home sites 
in which we own, um, we do have the ability in those communities to um, turnkey homes. Um, so that would be a purchase upon completion, much like in general real estate for those of you who are listening that might not know what a purchase upon completion or a turnkey is. Um, we also offer the opportunity and um, again, uh, this is uh, financially advantageous to our customers um, if they choose to finance the build um, and take out a construction loan. Um, it can be financially advantageous to them based upon um, current market rate and depending on loan product and program. Um, some loan products and programs will allow you to lock in upon building agreement, so currently, presently. Um, have your home be constructed, you're locked into your final product in the here and now, you're locked into your final interest rate in the here and now, um, you would only be paying interest um, on the draws um, as they're occurring throughout your build. Um, and then you have um, up until the 12th month um, of that product or program to convert to a principal and interest payment. So we offer, um, we don't have an in-house lender. We have some, um, you know, preferred lenders that we work with that create an extraordinary experience. Um, we offer the ability, as mentioned, um, to turnkey or do construction loan. So what kind of price ranges are we starting at for it with Tim O'Brien? Yeah, and and again, you know, I, I sort of you know defer back to um, our homes are are unique and specific to you. Um, much of our building is being done right now at what we would call offsite, meaning that again, um, building in you know Blue Mounds, building in Columbus, building in um, building in um, rural Cottage Grove, uh, building in Arlington. And so much of your home um, cost is uh, contributed or attributed rather to uh, topography of your home site. Um, and, and because we are a semi-custom home builder, um, the home and its uniqueness to you. So, um, you know, our smallest home um, starts out at about 1,600 square feet. It is a ranch. Um, we have built $400,000, 1,600-square-foot single-family um, homes. Um, we have built the same plan um, at perhaps, you know, $650,000. It really just depends on, on what's important to the customer um, and where um, they ideally would like to see that home be built. Would you say that new homes appreciate faster than existing homes? Um, I would say that new homes do tend to appreciate faster than um, general real estate homes. And that's that when you are purchasing general real estate, you are essentially buying, you know, that equity or paying that equity onto the consumer or customer versus what you're getting in a new construction home, um, you might think that, well, this is more than a general real estate home, but you know, I would, would say that what you're purchasing is um, 
new, everything, right? You're not purchasing, you know, four-year-old selections or features. You're not purchasing, you know, 10-year-old um, roofs. Um, you're not purchasing, you know, 15-year-old mechanicals. And so that that has a cost associated with it. And, and I think we would, in, in our research, would like to say that typically um, – newer homes are not like a car that you're going to drive off of a lot and it's going to depreciate um, upon leaving. Um, it's, it's, you know, investment worthy. Um, it's not going to depreciate like a vehicle would. Um, and so we would like to think that um, new homes appreciate faster than general real estate homes. Are there any, because you guys obviously deal with new buyers, new builders on a daily basis. Are there any kind of myths or any misconceptions that people come to you that you just hear over and over and over again that just are not not accurate and you want to set the record straight? I Thank you for asking that question. It's a great question, Yes, Jake. I got a fabulous question. It's a great Finally. question. I would really like to set the point. record straight right now. I'm so glad that you asked that question. So um, much of what we're hearing um, in the uh, market as a rebuttal to um, considering a build is that I've heard that lumber costs um, have increased so much this year. So I am just going to wait until lumber costs um, are, are no longer increasing. I'm just going to wait until they come back down and then I'll contemplate um, building. Um, I would say that that would be a mistake, Jake. <laughs> um, and again, I tell him that a lot. I feel like he's heard that before. <laughs> not, not a chance. That would be a mistake, that was Jake. A, that was a great setup. <laughs> Fabulous question, my <laughs> rear end. Just set up. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> punching bag. I'm just a human punching bag. Yeah, more questions, Jake. <laughs> Not anymore. I had a bunch. I just crossed them all off my list. <laughs> that would be a mistake, Jake. <laughs> Sorry. I am sure that you have heard lumber costs have risen beyond 252% um, over the last year. And, and I'm sure being in real estate, you're aware that we're not building or or um, selling homes at a 252% increase. So <sighs> that cost is being absorbed um, by our tradespeople, um, and it's being absorbed um, by builders. Uh, and that cost is not going to all of a sudden disappear. So that cost is being scaffolded in slowly. Um, we couldn't you know, build a house tomorrow at a 252% increase and, and have our customers be like, yes, sign me up. I want that one. Um, so again, it's going to have to, to be trickled in um, over time. And, and I would say that even if lumber costs decrease in the near future, that what you would see is, is more um, cost neutral in things remaining level than um, increasing as exponentially as they are. Um, and so I, I think it would be more of a neutrality um, future forward than it would be a cost savings um, to, to, um, to wait to build. So where are you coming live to us from currently? Looks like you're in the design <laughs> studio. 
<laughs> yes, we are coming we are. to you live from the Tim O'Brien Homes Design Studio. <laughs> great, great, crest, great question. You like that? Fabulous. Lasting value, lasting memories, Jake. That's what it says <laughs> right behind that. them. I, I see that. <laughs> Jake, that you could pick out your carpet too behind Samantha. You I did totally see that. I, I, mean, I, I was in the design studio with uh, a set of buyers and Samantha and I were doing that. And it, it it's a true one-stop shop. It You go in there and it's not this huge, gigantic warehouse of fear. It, it's, <laughs> warehouse it's nice of fear. Warehouse of fear. <laughs> this is why we bring Jake on. Right. Warehouse of fear. I mean, you... <laughs> trademarked (laughs) (laughs) no i mean you you picture i think when you think of design studio like that you kind of picture a a a large hardware store like a home depot where there's all it's is overwhelming when you just walk in and you don't know exactly what you're looking for where here you walk in and it's you got comfortable chairs it's a it's a uh intimate setting of sorts where you it's have like the one date kitchen with the design t- it's person. just it's design very, date it's yeah it's Ooh. very comfortable candelabra back here <laughs> whoa it, it's jacob's ready to build right now <laughs> yeah, kind of hey, you want to take your wife nice comfy chair that'd be an expensive might date <laughs> if you end up buying a house together yeah, might be so worth it. Jake, what might you're be. telling me is that it was an extraordinary experience. You got to talk to me. I did. I gave you to Samantha, yep. and and it wasn't the uh, warehouse of fear. It was an extraordinary experience. So you saw Jake walk in. You handed him, hand him off to Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> I see how this goes. Yeah. Hey, you just remember that warehouse of fear. That's right, Mark. Stick. It's going to stick. Warehouse of fear. I don't have, have to work here anymore. I'll be on my private yacht because I trademarked Warehouse of Fear. And I'll make shirts and hats. Like I hope your boat has a prop. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. It has one. It just doesn't. Yeah, we're not going to talk about boats right now. Oh, all right. Sorry. And back. What's the, so where are you? Where is your design studio located? in our um, lovely office at 2601 Crossroads Drive. We're Suite 140. <laughs> Stop by and see us anytime. Or preferably, give me a call. 661-1100. <laughs> Ask for Kimberly. That was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> a shameless plug, right? Or contact Jake at jake.hometeamforyou.com. <laughs> no. Jake, it's not? Jake at hometeamforyou.com. What's your website, though? Oh, jake.hometeamforyou.com. That's what I said. Yeah. Who would buy a house from Jake Newhouse? I uh, mean, come on. I, <laughs> like, I mean, it doesn't seem like you could use anybody else. That's the only reason we I, brought him on. I get I get Jake from State Farm more than I get <laughs> the Newhouse thing. So You really should just focus on new construction. I mean, <laughs> it's in your name. <laughs> That's I why did. we have a marketing guy. He got his degree in new construction. <laughs> yeah. Because of your name? Did it call yes. you? Yes. Did Did you ever draw the line, like the connection, as you went through life? You're like, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's never coming out again. No, not I enough people you call you out on that. Looking for extraordinary people. <laughs> I was going to say uh, this is going to be kind of awkward. It was really great working with everybody. Apparently, today is my last day. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we'll take you, Jake. We'll take you. 
In the I warehouse mean, of fear. Yeah, warehouse of, <laughs> warehouse of fear. Fear, 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 fear. <laughs> but it's not the warehouse of fear. It's not at it's all. Not, it's not at Tim O'Brien. the exact opposite. Some of those other guys. Yeah, that Dangerous. You're welcome for that. I can see a Tim O'Brien commercial happening already. <laughs> Not the warehouse of fear. Not the warehouse. Right. So does Tim O'Brien have any special features that they put in their homes that uh, our listeners would want to know about? Well, again, particular to you, your preference, but one of my favorite features that is is very specific to a customer is I love it when customers want a dog wash station in their oh. rear foyer. I think that is amazing. <laughs> Next house. Mm-hmm. Mm. That would be great. Everybody needs a dog wash station. For if nothing else, you throw the kids in there, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Just, spray just, hose them, just hose them down. <laughs> You're overdue. Or wash your feet when you come in from doing the yard work. <laughs> Samantha, can you think about a feature that's uh. unique? I, uh, my, I thought you were going to say a bathtub. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> a standing bathtub? That's another one. That's she a great one. complains a lot about not having one in her home. It's so. true. I love my walk-in shower, but I would really just, you know, I, I, I would really just love a freestanding tub. I did not build. Shame on me. I, I purchased my um, Tim O'Brien home as a market home. There's always hot tubs. <laughs> Um, you can get a hot tub. Absolutely. We can arrange to have your 220 volts and your extra concrete patio uh, ready for your uh, hot tub. Absolutely. I'm just solving your problems, Kim. <laughs> That's a problem solver. A problem solver. Um, solve that unique problem with that solution, Jacob, now that you ask. <laughs> so what else is in your design studio? I think we've only seen the, the uh, slogan behind you. We have a ooh, we have a really beautiful kitchen, a gourmet kitchen. Slow fade. <laughs> Clunky. Oh, there's the faucets. <laughs> so what is the kitchen? So the kitchen, oh, there's your white cabinets again. You might have to change those out. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Oh, I can I, see the I different style that. cabinets though. <laughs> so what are the different uh, woods do you got there? It looks like a dark wooden uh, maple maybe. Yeah, this is a little fun, trendy fact that you might like to know. We typically um, recommend that our customers um, uh, add a darker cabinetry island if they're going to do white cabinets um, on the back. Because Mm -hmm. if you're sitting at your kitchen island on stools, your feet tend to kick and hit the <laughs> island cabinet, and then it gets pretty ugh, not so uh, not so extraordinary looking after some time. So uh, we recommend that that's a great place to have a stained darker cabinetry piece, and then use that that as a um, wood cap accent throughout your home. So if you have sills or wood caps, um, it's a great pe- a great place to tie that um, other wood color into. So I'd say that's a trendy little fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so backsplash is still in? The tile backsplash? Backsplashes are in. Right now we're seeing some pretty groovy shapes. It's not like a you know, a rug rake or anything, but we're seeing some pretty groovy um, backsplashes, some hand-laid herringbone backsplashes, some unique shapes. Under cabinet lighting and even um, on top of cabinet lighting, we've seen island lighting kind of under the overhang. Mm. So toe kick lighting. Yeah, I would say that's kind of a recent trend. Lots of unique lighting. 
So gray or tan on the walls? What What's the hot? Tan. Just say tan. So. <laughs> just, just say tan. Just, just say it. gray. Just do it. Just say gray. <laughs> just say tan. So, this is a personal preference, and I don't know that our designer would agree. Um, I, I would say, you know, people are still loving their gray, gray. but, you yes. know, all good mm-hmm. things must come to an end, That's right? No. right? Mm-hmm. Did. The end was a while ago, about the time we painted yeah. our walls. <laughs> Way before that was the end of gr- brown. Mm-hmm. Well, so much warmer. If you're a warm person or a cold person, yeah. right? I like to think I'm a warm person. That's Jen, that means you're cold. I'm exceptionally cold. <laughs> I like the warm colors. You guys see what I deal with every day? <laughs> every this is a judgment free day. day. It's every it's a judgment free zone, zone, Jake. Yeah. That's Planet That's Fitness. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the warehouse of fear, though. We're all about your trademarks, I see. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm yeah, expecting no. the fines in the mail. That should be our. Uh, we should play a game with Jacob someday. Hmm. Guess the slogan. Like, just do it, Nike. That kind of thing. Yeah, but Jake will win. Seems like he's got them all. It's way too much time. Like Still trapped. Anyway. Steel. Like Jake's going to be the next contestant. <laughs> On what game? The Warehouse of Fear? <laughs> I don't want that one. I don't know. I think you guys I think you guys should do that in uh, for like Halloween. Just rename your studio into the Warehouse of Fear. Avoid, Avoid, the, warehouse of fear. Avoid the Warehouse of Fear. <laughs> 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 Good. Uh, All right. Well, I think that's pretty much the questions that we have for you guys. Anything else that you guys can think of or that you want to ask these guys? We really appreciate you guys hopping on with us. Thanks for mm-hmm. having us. Yeah, it was fun. It's always fun to make fun of Jake. <laughs> I know. And I almost hate to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you can come hang out. We'll come over to the design studio. We got a kitchen. You have any food there? We yeah. got some wine. Mm. There's fun beverages in the fridge. You're welcome mm. anytime. <laughs> Time is field trip. Hang on, fifteen minutes. It'll be, we'll uh, be there by five. Five. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you again for having us. Thank yep. You bet. You. See ya. Bye. Yep. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. So we learned Ooh. a lot, huh? <laughs> We're also fair. <laughs> That's just not going away. Just quit inviting me to these things and <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> First it was Dolly Parton and mm-hmm. Luke was on last week, so we yeah. oh, we, yeah. we, we rehashed Dolly Parton. We went yes. right back there. <laughs> yes. Yes. He still didn't know who it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we had last week, uh, we had uh, a training exercise where Jake actually went through uh, a brand new construction house and was talking about all of the different kind of mechanicals and things that people could be aware of. So I was thinking that just for our listeners, it might be kind of interesting to kind of talk about some of those items. Sure. It, uh, similar to building a home, it can be a little overwhelming, but I think as a real estate agent that has some construction background, I am not an expert in anything. I'm a jack of some trades. Master of none. Master of absolutely none. <laughs> but there's no um, fear. There's no fear. No fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I do think it is important as a real estate agent to understand kind of how a house functions. So uh, with buyers, I usually like to 
in the basement, in the utility closet, wherever it might be. Just look for certain things like just that the starting with the furnace that can be a little difficult because a lot of times the things that break are inside and you can't necessarily see them. Right. You aren't always sure what age uh, a furnace might be. But with a water heater, those usually have a date on them. Uh, it's important to kind of know what a radon system is and what it looks like, what a sump pump system looks like, uh, where your hose bibs are to turn your water on and off, your the the main water valve into the house in case you have floods where your breaker panel is so if you have an electrical emergency or your power runs out or you trip a breaker or something like that know where that is water uh, softener yeah water softener so not not that you need to know exactly how all of these things work but to know at least where they are mm. and what the basic function is because if you really need them and you don't know where they are and someone says, find your water, shut off. And you're like, oh, right. That's not a good, <laughs> that's a real bad right. time. <laughs> right. And it, and it is amazing how many people don't, they don't know where some of these things are. So, and of course, in a panic, you're really not going to know if you don't know. So to at least have an idea, I think is, is extremely helpful. And I think that's why too, with, as a, as a real estate agent, it's important to at least have an understanding and know because another big question people ask is, oh, well, I don't like an electric range. I want to put in a gas range. Okay, well, I can't necessarily tell you how expensive that's going to be because I'm not a plumber or electrician. I'm not uh, a tradesperson. But we can certainly go down in the basement, and most houses, their furnace and their water heater are fueled by gas. Mm -hmm. And if it's an exposed basement, it usu usually isn't that big of, of an issue. So... Just to know little things like that, I think build some credibility and also give those home buyers some comfort, especially in the market that we're in right now where home inspections don't happen quite as often as they did a year ago. And to kind of give that that sense of security maybe that, hey, this the bones are here. Here's a couple things that we can check ourselves and uh, you know, give them that, that little peace of mind. You know, uh, as somebody that's looking to buy a home right now, when I filmed your tour, I felt like I learned so much. I felt so much more confident about going into a house and looking around. And I'm like, I knew what a furnace was. You know, I know where mm -hmm. I know what a water heater is, right. but like I, I wouldn't have known like what exactly to look for in a water heater. And I know you're not like an expert, but you gave enough, a general broad enough understanding of like, hey, there's a little bit of rust on the top. You know, that's a sign. It might be old. You know, just little simple things like that. Yeah. One thing I want I want you to dig into for a second. I know this might seem silly, but I just thought it was fascinating. I don't know why, but the cracks on the floor <laughs> in the basement. I I didn't realize. Like the, I always thought that was stressed. like, whoops, they messed up. But those are intentional. Yep. You ever see a crack in the basement? Can yep. you explain what those cracks are all about? Uh, I to a point, yes. So. Between your basement and typically in your garage floor, those are huge, huge um, areas of, of continuous concrete. And when you build a house, you've just disturbed the earth that's been there for how many hundreds of thousands of years, whatever it might be. You've disturbed that earth, and now you've put something else in there and are backfilling dirt back into it. So over all those years, that earth has settled. 
So when you disturb that and you pour that concrete in a big square footage area like you do, there's still going to be some settling. You're putting weight on that home. The foundation walls and the foundation, the footings all tie into the floor. So there's a lot that kind of keeps that house upright. Well, what they do is, I, I don't know if zip strip isn't necessarily the right term, but they'll actually put usually a little thin piece of plastic or some material Foam. Yeah, yep. in, in certain locations to, um, to encourage cracks in certain spots. So when you, most times when you do go down into a basement, you're going to see cracks from corners that are typically pretty straight. Uh, and they do that on purpose because they're controlling where that crack happens. If they don't, it's going to crack in a bunch of different spots, and then it's going to start to heave, and you're going to start to have some structural issues. So Straight lines are good. Yep. Yep. Non-straight lines are bad. Right. What so you, they do that on purpose. What if you find a – so first off, if you see a crack in the basement, that's, that could probably be a good thing, right? I mean – A normal thing. I mean, normal concrete thing. cracks, that's what it Because the, basement, the yeah. basement actually is not tied to the walls itself. That's why you have cracks. Because right. the, the basement floor is poured after the walls are already up. So. Which, bring, which, all come, which also comes back to uh, radon, because the radon comes up through those cracks in the floor. So that's why they have the radon systems a lot of times in new houses. Two, two reasons. Number one, because it's so tight, that new construction, they build it now. And number two, it's just easier to put it in when they build a house. So what's the deal with radon? Like, that wasn't a thing at one point, and now it's like... <laughs> it's always been a thing, well, but nobody yeah. tested for it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now everybody's concerned about it. Can can Let's break it down a little bit with our, as far as our chemistry degrees can take us. Break what, it down, Jen. What's going on with this radon? Go ahead, Jen. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I've heard the speech yeah. 20 times. Radon's just a naturally occurring gas that comes out of the bedrock. So, and it can potentially be cancer causing. So if you have a, a level over four that is considered high, there are, um, in different neighborhoods, you may test for radon and your level may be 10, 15, 20, and then your neighbor tests and their level could be two or one. So it depends on the bedrock under your property. So you can't be like, oh, my... Radon's high. Your radon's high, too. That isn't how it works. It's kind of random, but there are definitely pockets of radon in, in or higher radon areas. And as agents, we tend to know where those are. But, uh, yeah, and as the market has changed and become more of a seller's market, there has been less radon testing because if you test for radon and you do have radon, then it's about a five to $800 cost to the seller. And so it's harder to get that contingency in in this market. But when the market normalizes a little more or becomes more of a buyer's market, I'm sure people will be putting radon tests in again. And if you did buy a house without the radon test, you can always buy the radon tester itself. I think we had got one off of Amazon. Yeah, we did. It wasn't very expensive. So yeah, after the fact. So. And if you're not, it, radon is a very heavy gas, so it finds the lowest point in your house. Mm -hmm. So if you have an unfinished basement that you don't ever use, it's that radon gas isn't going to find its way to the additional upper levels of your home. Mm -hmm. It's not as big of a concern. It becomes more of a concern if you have a rec room down there, a playroom, theater room, and you're finishing some of that space off and are going to be down there multiple hours a day potentially. So 
uh, again, that's just like those are just some little things that as a home buyer, you can kind of look for and really educate yourself on things to look for. Because there's a lot of people that right now, if you went down to a basement and said, show me where the radon system is in this basement. Right. It'd be an interesting question for a builder if um, the air-to-air exchangers have helped with radon levels because it's taking the batter out and putting newer in. Should I call them back? (laughs) I guess it would depend on on where that (laughs) air-to-air exchanger is pulling air from, right? Because I know a lot of times you'll find that. It's usually in the upper level or above grade, like in kitchens, bathrooms, that type of thing where it pulls from. Right. Because at radon gas, typically you'll find the radon system put into the sump pump or the sump crock in your basement because that's the lowest point uh, in your home. So, yeah, I'd be curious to, to know if that does make any difference. That's your homework. Your homework, okay. Done. You're saying your homework's done? It will be done. My dog, <laughs> ate, dog ate it, though. <laughs> hmm Yeah. Also, when you were walking us around the house, we did a little bit outside and you were talking about venting and having air in the attics and, and that kind of stuff. You want to talk about that maybe a little bit? Bats in the belfry. Bats in the belfry. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like some 80s song? <laughs> Dispatch. The group Dispatch, I think, sings a song, Bats in the Belfry. Is there actually a song called Bats in the Belfry? I think it is. By Dispatch. Look it up. All right, and it's about the topic you are about to explain. Go. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, attics are tough because they're that part of the house that nobody really goes in, nobody really understands. They're creepy, they're scary, they're weird, um, and it's kind of out of sight, out of mind type thing. So it is important to understand how a house breathes and how it vents. So when you are looking at a roof, there's typically two different types of vent systems. You'll have the like either a, a mushroom shape, round shape, or a square shaped kind of cap that you'll see on the roof, or you'll have a ridge vent where uh, it's much more lower profile, uh, but it serves the same purpose and it's right on the ridge of of your roof line. And that in combination with the soffits, your overhangs of your house, where they kind of return back to the house, a lot of times that's aluminum perforated uh, metal what the house is doing is it's drawing the air in the soffits and circulating up through the roof. So it keeps that circulation and ventilation moving through the home. So your attic area doesn't overheat and potentially start a fire. You also have that it kind of eliminates the moisture in the attic too. To right. So there shouldn't you be get moisture in the attic and what happens? What else mm, do you get? The M word. The M word. Mold. The Yep. Dun, dun, dun. So it is dispatched, by the way. See, I googled I, it. You know, and the, focus. I was gonna say, you know, there's Welcome. another. There's another song we totally skipped um, about a roof being on fire. Oh, Just the roof. The roof. See, look what. <laughs> don't get it started. Yeah, I, don't don't get him started. I didn't start the fire. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, oh. It's Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. It's going downhill fast. Mm-hmm. All right, so as a as a home buyer, um, is there anything you need to be looking for with with all these like fancy roof things that you need to keep an eye on? Make sure they exist. Make sure I don't know, like make sure there is a roof. Yeah, if it yeah. has a roof, uh, yeah. it seems pretty sophisticated for the average Joe. Well, some of the times, if you don't have the correct venting, you'll have you can see the 
the roof will actually have bows in it mm. where the the moisture has affected the uh, joists and actually sag. So sometimes you see that. Sometimes you see shingles curling or popping. So In the winter, you'll have ice dams build up yep. where the regular part of the roof melts, but then it gets down towards the edge of the roof and there isn't proper ventilation down there to circulate that air. That water refreezes and then starts to build uh, a basically a ridge of ice right near the edge of the roof by the gutters. And then what happens is the water then that melts up above will get trapped by that ice and work its way back up underneath the shingles That's and start good. to cause some water damage up in your attic, into your walls, into your ceiling. So if you start to see kind of a moldy discoloration in the corners of your ceilings and your walls, that might be an indication of some bad ventilation as well. That could be bad. I feel like a lot of the episodes lately have been focusing on the fact that buyers are having to come to terms of skipping the home inspection. And I feel like, personally, I, I'm in the camp of, that makes me worried about the roof, especially if you're buying an, old, buying an older home. What's the quality of the roof? What's the quality of the roof? Is that roof going to fall on me? Is it going to, because it's a big price. If you don't, the home inspector is going to tell you, but if you don't have one, you got to, you got to pay attention to that. I think you could have that with any house, though, because if the insulation right. isn't done correctly in a new construction, for example, mm. you still don't have that ventilation coming back up through the, the vents and up through the um, ridge vents and or pot vents is, on top. Is that, is that common? Because, I mean, an older roof, it's like obviously age, so it's more common. But it is, are you going to find that? Do you find that in the new construction where a roof is not? If uh, it's new construction, it's somebody that didn't do it correctly. Right. But it could be the same thing. Like if I had a... 80-year-old house, and I had somebody come back and re-insulate it, and they didn't do it correctly, it's still have the same thing. Hmm. So the, 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 the other thing you have to think about, too, is there's always going to be risk involved whether there's a home inspection or not. Yeah. And I'm in a position where I'm never going to discourage one or the other. It's really going to be the buyer's decision. But I also try to keep it real and... Ask people, when's the last time you heard a house just collapsing out of nowhere or just imploded on itself? Like that just <laughs> does. Like, Jacob thinks about that all the time. I was like, you haven't met my relatives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but those I can things, think of one. Well. Okay. Just one. I, I guess that it, it never really happens that a house just out of nowhere just falls apart. It's usually the the soil that it's on, like a sinkhole. It's not right. the house. Right. The only one I can think of it was like a sinkhole. Sure. Oh, wow. yep. What was that? That was actually my grandmother's oh, house. Oh, that's right. It was in Shorewood Hills, and it but it sunk had been, into a hole. But it had been there forever. Yeah, there was probably a lot of underground water happening there. Sure. Mm -hmm. it sounds like a lot of radon. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of radon. Not anymore. There's no house there. No. They had to wow, um, fill crazy. it in and then let it sit for I don't know how long before they could Years. build on it again. Yeah. But how but far did it sink? Like I all the way? Long enough that the house that had been there since my mother was a little girl, like, was destroyed enough that they removed it all and it was just a lot. Wow. Yeah. Like how, how fast does a house sink into a sinkhole? I think it must have been pretty quick. Fast enough. I think one, like, once it hit that point. I should probably step outside. Something's <laughs> not right. Yeah, I mean, it was a really cute, solid house. When it was originally built, it was the builder's house in the neighborhood, and it was kind of the showplace house, and 
then a million years later, it just sort of sunk into the earth. Bye bye. But I think they have to let that they had to let it set like seven years or something like that, didn't yeah. they? I don't know. It was it was a long time, but I just know I drove by it, and my family had told me that, and I was like, "Holy cow, it's just gone." <laughs> so if you uh, are looking to buy a house <laughs> on a lot, and you're like, "Well, the previous owner's house sunk," <laughs> like, do you really want to build what there? The, what so, but, but, it, but it's in it was in Shorewood Hills, That's which true. is very very popular neighborhood. It back to a park. Yeah, what if insurance covered that? Or be an act of God? I have no idea if insurance covered it. That would be an interesting question. We should ask Austin Weaver. Okay. <laughs> you cover sinkholes. Mm-hmm. Like, you think they'd be like an act of God, like that type of coverage? Got to be like cover a, it? Yeah, it's got to be like a five dollar add on or something. <laughs> I don't think it happens that often. Sink, everybody, like, go get your sinkhole coverage. <laughs> well, you it's might probably more it. popular in Florida. Yeah, yeah that might happen in Florida. I don't think yours was a sinkhole. It may have just been something under, like the underground water was diverted. No, it or was like a sinkhole, I believe. I mean, it was something where it wasn't that the property was solid, but the earth just <laughs> went goodbye. Sounds crazy. Gave away. So, so I think that's the moral. Don't buy a house with a sinkhole. Of the story. Well, don't buy <laughs> a <laughs> property on a sinkhole. Number one, check. But but That's that the title of this episode, right, <laughs> with Tim O'Brien. One is I, not I related to the other. <laughs> I, I think that your just face value looking at house, you can tell a lot about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the more houses we walk into, usually the in the first 15, 20 seconds, you kind of know what the expectation is going to be, what you're going to find in the mm-hmm. basement just by how well. The property's been taken care of. When you walk in, does it smell nice and fresh and clean or not? Or not? not. <laughs> mm. uh, so it you can uh, you can tell a lot about a property just by walking through it and seeing it with your own eyes. And again, not it isn't very often that houses just completely fall apart. There's going to be signs that you're going to see as you're walking through that property that could bring up some additional questions that might be important to ask. Unlevel floors, cracking in the mortar and the tile joints. Doors not closing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Windows yep. not closing or really, really sticky windows. I can see in that house that sunk, they had like paneling stuff up all along and the basement was finished. So if there was cracks or anything happening, you would never have known it. Ever. Right. I mean, you might have gotten some water in or something, but... You wouldn't see any cracks. So now I don't want to finish my basement now. (laughs) I'll never know if it's going to sink on me. It's going to be a cement karate studio. Oh, that'd be the best. I can't wait. (laughs) We'll get digging. Let's start. You got a shovel? (laughs) No, he doesn't. I got a Tim O'Brien. Okay. (laughs) That's a good start. (laughs) They did tell us it's it's easy. They'll walk through the whole process. No fear. Yeah. Yeah. it It does seem inviting. Absolutely. Not the way Jake described it. And it was they. It's a well. They're a well-oiled machine. They know what they're doing. It was uh, like I told Sam when I was there. When we were there with my buyers, I don't know how much they changed, but it was every like, there every option under the sun if you really wanted it. And she was changing it right there on the floor plans. So when they were done, in about an hour and a half, they had a whole breakdown of all the changes and updates that they wanted. There was a price tag included, so they could take that home then and decide, okay, our final price is this right now. 
maybe we're good with that. Maybe we want to add more. Maybe we want to subtract some of it. And they could do that right off of that, right off of that cut sheet, basically. Mm-hmm. Say, mm, okay, well, we really don't need that screen porch. We want all our walls gray. And we want all of our <laughs> walls gray. First mistake. So <laughs> you can kind of go through that checklist on your own time and figure out what sure. you want to add, what you want to subtract, and have an idea where that price point is. So they make it they make it as about as simple and easy, as easy as it can be. Awesome. Nice. Extra plugs for Tim? O'Brien. O'Brien. Holmes. Holmes. Mm-hmm. Check com. them out. Com. <laughs> 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 Had to be said. All right. Well, I think we are ready to wrap it up. Any final thoughts? Jacob is just giving us the cut sign. All right. It's time time to hit it. <laughs> time to hit it. Walk us out. Okay. All right. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate in South Central Wisconsin, you know who to call. Home team, the number four, the letter U. Dot com. All right. Until <laughs> next time, thanks for tuning in. See ya. Bye.